Boujou, welcome to the latest episode of Indian Way Podcast with Johnny R. I'm your host, Johnny R. Obviously, coming to you live from the Red Lake Nation on the southern shores of the mighty Red Lake. Boujou, we're on uh, Facebook, uh, my Indian Way Podcast page, and then we're on Instagram, my at uh, the Johnny R. Instagram page, and I'm also recording on my uh, equipment here for the podcast, so I can upload this to um, iTunes. But, boujou, hello, Instagram, Facebook, how do you do? And everybody on iTunes, just uh, check it in. Oh, Christ, of course. Me too. This shit's going to knock each other over, so we'll try and fix this up right away. I've got my chocolates. So fat. I have chocolates next to me. So, what? Start again. Boujou, John Roberts, <clears throat> slash uh, comedian, actor, producer, director, writer. Did I say producer? Podcaster. Been podcasting for going on, I think it'll be three years now. You could probably check out my first 30 some episodes of my first podcast called the Johnny R Podcast. It's on Spotify and Anchor. Man, I'm just I'm so sick. My my whole innards are just clogging up on me. So if you hear me sneeze and cough and it sounds like I have a broken nose, that's that's what it is. See I'm like Donald Trump every time he says something. Bigly big I don't know. But anyway. But I uh, just check it in. I thought I'd put up another episode since I have time. I have about uh, another half hour or so to uh, get this to the to the um, to the masses. All six of you that have watched on Facebook and tw- well, not Twitter, but Instagram and on my uh, anchor. Anywho, but um, I was going to talk about. Uh, I went to class yesterday. It's called Ojibwe History, taught by Dr. Nikki Michael. And we had a secretary, Red Lake Nation secretary, tribal council secretary, uh, Sam Strong came in. And he gave a a brief, not brief, but um, talked to the class about the history of the Red Lake Nation. And I found a lot of it pretty, pretty interesting. You know, you hear about treaties and agreements with the Red Lake Nation and how much is owed to us. You know, the the treaties were uh, signed between nations and one nation isn't living up to their part of the bargain. And I'm not sure when all of this will be taken care of because they took like 11 million acres and that 1863 Old Crossing Treaty. And they promised us education and health care and food supplies for the, uh, you know, for as long as we're, we're a tribe. So, and it made me think about, like, why is this such a, um, why isn't it being taken care of? You know, why aren't we, why don't we have the health care 
education, supplies, you know, the the tools to make a better life for ourselves. You know, what's what's the hold up, you know? I know we could go out there and do it ourselves, but you know, they also put in a lot of uh you put in a lot of obstacles for us to uh, get to that next step in life. Next step in life, you know. Alcohol was a big thing, major thing. Still is to this day. Keeps a lot of us down. Uh, I'm still fighting it myself, trying to trying to get rid of alcohol out of my life. But you know, whatever. We'll get there. And you know, the new drugs and the opioid. The drug addiction is also holding us back as a people. But, but, we did get a subway open in the Red Lake Nation yesterday. And I think, honestly, I'm a little more excited than everybody else because it. I think it might be the first ever food franchise. Well, we had like hot stuff pizza and... Ticos, tacos, and that's not the same. You know, that's like a full-on franchise, Subway, you know. So I I stopped in there yesterday. I got there about maybe 20 after 3. When you come by, uh, I'll get a message. I'm trying to read. But um, I walked in there at 3 o'clock, no, 3.20. It opened at 3, and there's a pretty big line, pretty big line of... uh, customers and i was uh, amazed by the patience the the um subway workers had with you know it was a rush it was really a big rush so you know hats off to them our new subway workers that are uh you know representing the subway brand at our new store restaurant i should say so i'm gonna go back again today because i don't want to pick up my son he's gonna want to stop over there so that's that's what we're going to do. A res subway. I know they have one in uh, White Earth and I'm not sure about Leech Lake. Um, but you know, those are different because Red Lake Nation is a closed reservation and we don't... Oh man, I hate this. I just bumped these wires and they're all effing up. Now, so. Oh, you, of course. But, <clears throat> you know, it's different being in Red Lake because we're a closed reservation. The only reservation in the United States to uh, never give up our land, never lose control of it, even though the the land that we did get, you know, signed away in those treaties, which, you know, stuff was promised to us, and they have yet to deliver, and I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, Subway, it's a, it was pretty historic because, you know, it's a franchise, you know, Red Lake Nation. Red Lake Nation is uh, uh, making moves, you know. And today I had a little, not really a little um, uh, inconvenience, you know. It gets frustrating not having um, uh, modern, uh, what is it called? I don't know. There's a, I could have used the bank today. You know, here, I could have used the bank here today because I had... <clears throat> I had important bank business that needed my money. You know, I had my van is being fixed in uh, you know another town over, and instead of being able to cash a check here, you know, put it in my account. If we had a bank, I'd have an account here. 
put all my money in there, then I'd be able to go to that place to get my van, and then go to class in Bemidji. But instead, I had to, at the Triangle Casino, cash my check. They wouldn't cash it, so I had to go to. Well, actually, it, it worked out for me because you know the the mechanic working on my car. You know, he's he was really um, really helpful with uh, me trying to get stuff paid over there, and but he he took care of that. And but if it wasn't for that, I would have had to go. I would have to grab my check. I would have to go to Bemidji, cash my check, put it in my account, go up to Black Duck, which is about 25 miles from Bemidji, pay for my van, get my van out. And then my wife dropped me off, and then I had to come back to Bemidji for class. That would have been the, the thing. But, you know, I got it was late. I, I couldn't get out of couldn't make it to class today because of all my jumping around and Life, man, life, life gets in the way of living, you know. A wise man once said, well, actually, I just made that up. Well, maybe somebody else said it, but life gets in the way of living. So that's what it was. Another thing today, um, I was, uh, you know, getting ready for the day and stuff. And and my wife happened to be, you know, standing there. She said, you're looking slimmer. What are you doing? I said, what? So I don't know. I'm not doing anything. I just haven't uh, um, been eating junk food lately. You know, when I first started going back to school, I you know, I'd stop in for breakfast at McDonald's or wherever, and then on my way home, stop at another fast food place. You know, I was doing that just about every day, if I had money. Wow, yeah, I had money, but to eat. You know, eating the the bad stuff, and I was doing that every day. And then just recently, I just I just haven't been stopping. You know, I stopped for a breakfast sandwich, but I've been drinking a lot of water lately. And I don't know, it's it's more I don't know. Water's for me now. Uh, in my younger years, water was never a thing I, I I drank much of. You know, because I was I was drank pop pop and beer. Pop and beer, my my first forty years of life. Pop, well, I, late twenties, early twenties was a lot of beer. Anyway, but now it's all I've been doing is just cutting back on uh, the junk food, walking to class, drinking a lot of water, and that's pretty much it. But I don't feel it. I don't feel. It. I really don't. You know, my pants tell me I'm not. Well, actually, they are kind of. Huh, maybe I am. I don't know. I haven't jumped on a scale because uh, a, a scale to a fat guy is the enemy. So I won't jump back on the scale. And But, uh, yeah, Subway in Red Lake, um, it's good. Good for the nation, you know. Going back to my, my uh, class yesterday with Secretary Strong, you know, he brought up a lot of uh, good points about Red Lake, um, what's owed to Red Lake, and... You know, maybe some of that, uh, what the government owes us, may be coming back to it. I don't know, man. That's what that's what I took out of it. But it was also about, <clears throat> you know, like self sustainability. Um, it's got to be, it's got to be us that gets gets us out of this, um, you know, these trying times. I suppose, drugs and alcohol and. That's what I think it is anyway, but 
but I've seen I've seen progress. I feel it, man. The Red Lake Nation to come back strong. And as long as we're not punching down. Did I talk about I think I talked about that yesterday or the last episode. Um but last night I went to the um I performed at the uh Panema Communities Appreciation Dinner for the Red Lake Police Department and I performed about for about maybe, I don't know, twenty minutes to a half hour while everybody is finishing up eating and I had a lot of fun. You know, I had a lot of new stuff, mostly new stuff I used. But, you know, these new buildings, <coughs> these new buildings, uh, the community centers, they're, um, they're gymnasiums. Brick. Is that what it is? Brick gymnasiums. And the audio, you know, every, you know, whatever we do in those buildings, you know, we got an audio system a sound system, and it is just a terrible, a terrible environment for, for speaking. Because I once you once you speak into the mic, it comes out of the speakers, and then the audio just goes all over the place, and it's hard to. It really is hard to hear. And but I had a lot of fun, you know. I picking on some of the police officers, and you know. Um, I wasn't mean or anything, but it was just, we just had a lot of fun, you know, teasing, I suppose we, we call it, over at the Pudima Community Center slash Boys and Girls Club. And I had a lot of fun. And one thing that I, I talked about was when I was a kid, um, we weren't scared of the police. You know, we didn't, we didn't, uh, we weren't really, um, like, you know, like NWA, you know, we were in all fucked pol- police, you know. You know, despite that that uh, riot they had in 79, I wasn't here, so I don't know what happened. But when I was growing up, the the thought of being disrespectful to the police didn't really, it, it, it didn't happen in my household. You know, my grandma, grand, my grandparents, my uncle and my mom, we never really had a um, adversarial, you know, type thing towards the police growing up because... You know, we had uh, relatives that were on the force, and, you know, you just treat people nice and, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, and there wouldn't be any problems, you know. And it seemed like um, like the policemen, we knew a lot of the policemen when I was growing up, and we thought of them as, like, like uncles. You know, when, you know, you have an uncle in the family, uh, a respectable, you know, man that you uh, don't want to disappoint or, you know, piss them off or, you know, treat them with respect. And that's how, well, that's how I thought we treated police when I was growing up because the policemen were, were thought of as like, uh, you know, that, that, that uncle type, uh, uh, relationship, you know, you, you did what they said and cause you know, that was the respectful thing. Cause I remember there were times where, um, the police were thought of very, uh, we thought very highly of the police. You know, they used to have like, uh, exhibition basketball games i don't know if it was the police that played the when the minnesota vikings came up here or i remember the the police would play i don't know if it was the bus drivers or the school um the school uh employees in a basketball you know exhibition basketball game and that was a way for the community to to uh you know interact with the police you know let the let the police know that we're behind them and you know it doesn't seem. I don't remember when that they quit doing that, but I don't know if 
when the whole, you know, fuck the police start, well, maybe it was NWA, but um, I never had trouble with the police. None of my family had trouble with the police. It was just a respect thing, you know. I don't know if that uh, NWA attitude came, you know, through uh, magazines and uh, uh, MTV and all that stuff, but that just wasn't the way we that I that I know that I, that I knew of that I saw that I you know experienced you know uh, Willie Strong you know he he's back on the force he's transporting for the police and Willie was a police officer when I was a kid you know and then uh, after I you know my high school day he was still a police officer and you know I always respected Willie you know we never uh, we never were never disrespectful to him you know he coached us in basketball, football, and baseball in junior high, and you know, I had a lot of respect for him. And then, to this day, I still have a lot of respect for Willie Strong. And and nowadays, you don't see that. You know, a lot of the kids around here are just anti-police for some reason. I don't know where they where that came from, or I don't know if it's the families or TV, video games, or whatever, but I think that's where we we lost, you know, I lost a lot, you know, by thinking, you know, people do have experiences with the police and I, I can't understand because it didn't happen to me and then they ha- they have a different, a different um, uh, opinion of the police because what may have happened in their life, but so, but that's just me, you know, I, I, I never had tr- trouble with the police, but it'd be a good, that, a good thing for, to, for the police to, uh, you know, get back out in the community. I know they do, They, you know, they volunteer at some of the um, events around here. But maybe, you know, Red Lake loves basketball and maybe have the police force play basketball against, uh, you know, I don't want to say the, the Warriors because I know the Warriors will run all over them. And, I don't know, even the Warriors of my age just run all over the police because, you know, that was one of the one of the jokes I had last night, you know, because when I was younger, the policemen were older, and I figured, man, I could outrun any of these cops, man. And, but now that I'm older, a lot of these cops are younger and, and more in better shape than I am. You know, they're like T one thousand nowadays. You know, but uh, there there were a couple cops in the in the audience that I I could outrun a couple of them. Even you know, forty three years old and still this big, I could pretty sure I could outrun at least a couple of those police officers. And I was like. Just having fun with them, and they laughed it off, and I hope they laughed it off because you know I didn't get stopped today, so maybe maybe they were maybe they were okay with that little joke. So, but yeah, it's just we gotta get over you know old feelings about the way things you know the way things played out. I know there's a lot of families that have trouble with the police and. You know whether it's uh, uh, a legitimate, legitimate gripe with the police. That's not for me to decide. Stupid Mike, settle up. But you know, that's just me. Hopefully, we get to that point. But I ended my set with a, um, you know, how much I appreciate the police. You know, because I got a lot of, I got a lot of little ones over here, and I got. <clears throat> I've had incidences where I needed assistance for my kids, you know. I think, you know, three or four times my kids got in a little bit trouble and we needed 
assistant, and they were there. You know, I remember my 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 nieces. Uh, one of them had a seizure, and uh, you know, McLean when he was a police officer, McLean came right over and you know did CPR and all that, and until the ambulance got here, and he ran her to the ambulance himself. And so I got a lot of respect for police because of you know, what I've witnessed. And uh, August 26th, I'm going to say, I was going, it was a Saturday. Um, all my kids were just getting up. It was like 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. I made my, uh, made my run to the post office and to the store. That morning, Saturday, August 26th. And all the kids were inside, you know, they were still getting up. And at the time, the, the two little ones were in Pampers. And and I was um, coming back in and driving up. You know, we had a charger at the time. and I thought the all the kids were still in the house because they weren't even ready when I left, you know, because it was summertime, but still, you know, you expect them to all stay together, stay inside, and but that wasn't the case. And I I pulled up, pulled up into the yard, thinking nothing of it, and I hit a little bump, thought nothing of it. You know, they got toys laying all over the yard, and thought I ran over one of their toys, you know. So I got out of the car, not thinking anything, and I looked back and I, I saw my I saw my youngest daughter laying there on the on the ground, and it wasn't a toy I ran over. It was it was my it was my youngest daughter, and I I panicked. Uh, uh, I thought the worst. I. You know, I I fought for. I picked her up, and picked her up, and I could see her struggling to breathe, and I ran to the house, hysterical. You know, all those years I thought I could handle handle trauma, you know, by staying cool, but you know, I I just couldn't, you know, I. I nearly blanked out. I don't know. It all happened so fast. And and I was just, you know, hollered for my wife, took her inside, and all the other kids were home, and you know, we put, put them all in other, in the back of the back rooms with my, my, my daughter, oldest daughter, not oldest, but I think she was 16 at the time. So she kept all, kept all of them in the back room. And we call the police, call the ambulance, she was uh, struggling to breathe. You know, you, could, you know, the short, labored breaths is what she was taking. And, you know, we, we tried to get out. We couldn't find the keys. We were trying to take her to the hospital ourselves. And both of us, me and my wife, we were, we were so hysterical. It was, you know, we... The hardest, hardest thing we've ever gone through as a family, you know, just trying to get out of the house, trying to get get to the hospital. We couldn't find the keys and we got the van stuck. We couldn't get out and and then but all of that we we're trying to figure out how we're gonna get 
to the hospital, even though we called 911 already, and they were sending an ambulance. And then we call again. They said they couldn't find the house. You know, because we, you know, we live like maybe a quarter mile, half a mile from the... Um, Half a mile from the the highway, and it was kind of difficult for the ambulance to come back. But then we were just we were stuck holding this holding our child. You know, she was fighting for her breath, fighting for her life. Those little labored breaths. I just hold, all I could do was hold her. You know, hold her and just you know she had like a little bit of blood coming out of her mouth and nose and. And it was, uh, we didn't know what to do. All I could do was hold her close as I could. Just, I felt like I was, you know, I don't normally pray, but I was begging for something to help us. And I suppose I was praying at the time and held her as close as I could. And it was, I feel like I, I, I was trying to, I felt like I was trying to trade her places, you know, but just holding her so close, and that was, we didn't know what to do. But And then next thing you know, a police car comes up, you know, comes right in the road, because you know where I, we worked. And and they just, you know, say, yeah, Alan's on the way, but they can't find it. And, said, and he said, well, just get in. We got to go. We got to go. And we jumped in the back of the squad. He took off as fast as he could, and lights blasting, and you know, sirens and all that, and just quick, I think that's the fastest I've ever gotten, you know, we live like maybe not even a mile from the hospital, but it seemed like we were just, got on the road and we were there, and like we teleported, we were, it was so fast, and, and then, you know, we got to the hospital and handed over my baby to the, to the, to the hospital staff, and you know, they're trying to assure me, you know, you know, she, she's breathing, you know, she's responding. It was just uh, uh, so traumatic for me and my wife, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't really grasp what was happening. You know, it's like, man, I, all I could think of was, I did this, this is all my fault. I, I have no excuses, no, no one to blame. It was just me not paying attention. You know, to this day, I I owe uh, Officer J.R. Graves, you know, if it wasn't for him, I don't think uh, our, our baby would be with us here today. And that's what, that was what I, that was what I said at the thing last night. You know, I really appreciate the police and the effort they put in, you know, providing uh, as much peace of mind to the community because it is it is a hard difficult job for them what they see on a daily basis you know just the one time i i dealt with trauma and i and i i couldn't even function i couldn't i didn't know what to do and you know a lot of them officers have experience that probably on a daily basis you know they they got a lot of uh trauma they've experienced Yet they still go out every day and punch in, cruise around the res, make sure everything is safe. And they get a lot of they get a lot of uh, criticism for certain things, but 
you know, I I still respect uh, to this since I was a kid. You know, every kid wants to be a cop or you know, I've always respected police and I still do to this day. And I never blame them for why I sat in jail for those couple stupid times. But you know, I just wanted to share my 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 appreciation for them last night and Officer uh, J.R. Graves what he did for. For, uh, for us to get our baby to the hospital as soon as we can. And that's that's just what, uh, you know, you see a lot of the, the police shootings all over the country, and these are really difficult times because we got a lot of, um, you know, mental health is a big issue, and we don't know. Even me, I, I walk around and I... You know, there's a lot of mentally um, ill people out there, and you don't want to trigger them. And but you know, the police have to deal with that every day. And you know, you just gotta just gotta respect what they're going through. You know, like the police too, respect what the the citizens are. You know, a lot of undiagnosed mental illnesses out there. So it's a it's a fine line where you gotta not understand what other people are going through, but you got to understand that they are going through something we, we don't see, we don't know. And it's just about not being a, I suppose, piece of shit person, you know. You got to treat everybody the same, treat everybody with respect. And all of this punching down online is, I'm, I'm just so disgusted by it, man. I, I really don't want to be on social media but you know there's a lot of good things happening out there that's what keeps me keeps me going on social media plus i gotta promote all my shit too so i don't know where i'm gonna end up with this podcasting or my comedy or uh you know my websites you know my documentary i've coming out but uh i think it's i just gotta put all my put all my cards on the table maybe somebody will um See what I do, like it, hire me, and ask me to to uh, to do it globally. You know, I don't know, but that's the first time I've ever talked about what happened at home with my baby. You know, I I think I've I've did this like live two or three, four other times, and and I just deleted the video. You know, I I rarely talk to anybody about what happened and and I'm still every time I hit a you know bump a little too hard I I get I I think they call that triggered you know every time I have all my kids on the car with me I take off I get out check under underneath make I gotta count them make sure they're all there and it's just it's really hard for me to to uh you know admit I need help but I figure I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out on my own. I know what to do. So, but, yeah, that was my, my story of why I have a lot of respect for law enforcement. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people do. You know, we all want what's best for this place. And so I told that to people before, too. You know, these cops have kids around here. They want the best what. They want all these kids safe, you know, but that's, that's all I got.
That's all I got to say about that. That's my Forrest Gump. Terrible Forrest Gump impression. But I think that's all I got. I went a little overboard on that. But I um, just want to thank you all for listening, watching. Um, check out the other episodes of Indian Way with Johnny R. It's on iTunes, N-D-N-W-A-Y with Johnny R. Or my website. I'm going to put more shit on my website, IndianWay.com, N-D-N-W-A-Y.com. Um, I have a show next Friday, a week from today. Black Bear Casino, J.R. Redwater, Gilbert Brown. We're going to burn that motherfucking stage down. I am I, I'm bringing it next Friday, so you better be there. November 15th, Black Bear Casino, Carlton, Minnesota. Johnny R., Gilbert Brown, J.R. Redwater. And then I think um, on the ver- we're on the verge of announcing my December show. And then I'll be in uh, Red Lake College in January for the uh, wellness conference. Oh, man, that's a little emotional. I didn't mean to share that much, but, but, uh, but yeah, I did. I went there. And what else do I got, you know? Check out the website, you know, keep supporting bros and stuff. And we're trying to make shit happen out here. So, uh, miigwech.